When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the new episode of Showtime. I'm your host, Jason Madison, joined always by my co-hosts, Bethany Anderson and Anthony Mays. What's up, y'all? What is happening? I'm lying in the fetal position on the floor of my apartment in my tidy whitey underwear. Hopefully nice. you guys can break through the window and get me out of my funk here. <laughs> well, I'll leave your lunch outside. Right. Make sure you got some ruffles on the counter. You might get a little hungry there. <laughs> so we got episode two, guys. Winning time. Is that all there is? That's what she uh, said. <laughs> the KD meme right now. Hold up the, the little yeah. tiny fingers. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we did get some sex this episode. We got a lot, yeah, Let's actually. start with that. <laughs> yeah. Before this all started, I'm pretty sure I asked both of you, are we going to see magic get down? Is that going to yeah. happen? That's what we all thought was going to happen. Obviously, Dr. Buss wakes up in the morning of the very first episode with a Playboy bunny. So we know that it's in play. But I, for one, was stunned to see Jerry West get down on this show before Magic Johnson. <laughs> a quick one night stand, you know, angry style. Sweaty. Woo. Yeah. Well, they, what do they say in uh, Wedding Crashers? Uh, grief is the greatest aphrodisiac. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jerry sniped her at a wake. At a, why was the wake at a bar? <laughs> he pulled the chaz. He went to a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Jerry West just pulls up casually, randomly at somebody's funeral and uh, is wallowing his sorrows about winning the 1972 title. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three hours later. Yeah. Man- Man's is unhappy. Yeah. Um, but he was but able he keep, to fall into some... To yeah, some, he keeps uh, winning. <laughs> the winning streak didn't stop. So, but, you yeah. know, that's, that's really funny, though. Like, he just won a championship. It just shows how different it is these days. Because it's like, the guys, they go to the club after a win, and it's just like, Coochie just thrown at them left and right. And here right. he is at the bar. It's like, oh, you're not here? A part of this funeral? No, I just won the championship. <laughs> yeah, good old Jerry, man. So they answered your question from last episode, Jason. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they did. They showed us the full picture here with Jerry. And let's let's just get into Jerry a little bit. The internet is big, big mad about this portrayal of Jerry West. We've got exposés in the athletic talking about how people were so disgusted by the interpretation of the Lakers that they couldn't be a part of it. Consultants walked away from the set. And I'm going to regurgitate a take because I thought of this during last week's mailbag and 
I got to bring it back. I love this Jerry West. This is exciting television. I have no issue with the character being changed to make it more dramatic and engaging. Do either of you wish that we had the real Mark Zuckerberg in the social <laughs> network? Or do you prefer Jesse Eisenberg's version? Yeah, definitely pre prefer Jesse Eisenberg's over-the-top portrayal of Mark Zuckerberg being the, the genius asshole. But and it's the same with Jess, Jerry West. You know, I feel like it's much more entertaining to see Jerry West amped up, animated, crotchety, you know, all these things yeah. than the mild-mannered character that he probably is. You know, for television watching, this is much better. So I get the discrepancy in athletes and, you know, people who are running this show. Like, hey, we have to make people, you know, excited. And, I mean, how much more of Jerry West are we going to get in this season? Like, I feel like we're just going to get, like, a few episodes of, like, wild Jerry, and then he kind of fades into obscurity. Well, yeah. Yeah, he'll be back. But this episode in particular, we get his flashback cold open. Right. We get the shot of the, of the coffin in the house, which is a weird move to keep the coffin in the house mm. for however long that was. But... His dad is dead. He's got an abusive stepdad. He just finds his security blanket outside in the snow shooting buckets. And they did an interesting job building this character, this character who is very rarely happy, especially after a championship. <laughs> and my favorite <laughs> shot of the episode is when he tells his wife that was the happiest he's ever been, and they cut to his face, and he's just uh, <laughs> neutral. That's about it. But they, they had to get us to the point where he quits at the end of this episode. And I feel like I understand why. So I think they did their job. And you're right, B. He'll be around, but he won't be the star of the episode like he kind of has been the first two. Right. He yeah. won't be the coach of the Lakers anymore. And that was, you know, kind of what this episode was all about. You know, Jerry West is also like one of the most revered Lakers, if not the most revered Lakers. So it's hard for any portrayal of him because people are talking about the portrayal of magic you know like people are very sensitive about you know their sports figures especially you know the lakers fans so i get it i didn't think it would ever nobody would love all the characters you know it, it just it, there's too many uh deep-seated passions and you know emotions around it no that is so <laughs> true i was just thinking like what if they you know did like a film about kobe and we learn something about him that we don't like. And we're just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, it, it, you're messing with people's stars and idols and people they've looked up to for so long. And it's like, how dare you portray him in a way that we've never seen before? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I thought the, the stepdad thing was an interesting cold open. They showed Jerry in West Virginia, 1951. His stepdad says some pretty wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, you know, there were some lines in this episode. Uh, he said, I yep. wish those gooks would have killed you both as he's going on his vicious tirade against Jerry's mom. I mean, Jesus, you know, I'm glad Jerry got out that house and was shooting the ball in the James Naismith hoop <laughs> on the, over his garage. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? But yeah, you know, Jerry was kind of again the star of the show i agree with you b he'll he'll probably fade you know as the show moves on and then we got basically more dr bus the other jerry he was fun <laughs> this episode 
Yeah, it was uh, really fun. I like how yeah. you just came in and crashed the like front office meeting. Like, hey, what's good? You know, with the girl, <laughs> with the lady, yeah. you know, yeah. the girl in tow. And she's just like, hi. <laughs> he knows how to use women to his advantage. He knows mm -hmm. it may not work with everyone. How we, you know, got a chance to see uh, you know, mm -hmm. when he had a sit down with uh, with Red, but. He knows, like, hey, I can bring a chick, and this kind of influence how people think, mm -hmm. <laughs> which head they think with. <laughs> For sure, they they definitely weren't feeling him in that meeting, though. Jerry and the rest of them were like, uh, yeah, why don't you come back later when we uh, figure this all out, and you don't have any input. You know, we don't need a Jerry Jones up in here. But, but you know, this this episode, it seems like it was Doctor Bus coming in and just flexing. Flexing money mm -hmm. and resources yeah. that he didn't really have. But Flexing it's like, and drinking. What do you want? I can make it happen. Just tell me what you need and I got it. Yeah. But but do you really? I was just that's an incredible amount of confidence to have that things will work out unless they're writing from a lens that everything does work mm. out in the end. Right, right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that in this show. Yeah. Of the looking back from a from a knowing position in the future, but right. <laughs> it is the Jerry Buss is this interesting combination of flash and panache and showing off. And I love him chatting up everybody at the restaurant. You know, he, he knows the town and he is living large, but he is serious at the same time. So when he comes into this basketball meeting, they're operating purely on what they dealt with before, which is the old owner. And also, they probably think that this guy's kind of a joker, right? Because that's how yeah. he appears. Yeah. Right. But we all know, and they do a pretty good job in this episode of showing, he really wants this. Yeah. He's serious. Yeah, and, he, and he's showing, like, kind of how his style is meant to be taken serious in a way, right? I think that's kind of the overarching thing about Jerry Buss that they're showing us especially in this dynamic with Red Arbach that we get to later in the episode, my joking, hanging out with the lady style is a winning style. You know, like, that's actually the most winning style, if, if done right, you know, if everything in moderation, right? And that's kind of his ethos of, like, I can do it all. I'm having fun. I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm locked in with what you're doing, you know, like, and he does that as he, like you said, he walks through the restaurant, and later when they have the NBA owners meeting and he's same thing. Yeah. He has that same swaggering interaction when he <laughs> walks to the room with, with his intentional point of where he's going to get to, you know, at the end of it all. Have you ever had a blow job with champagne in the mouth? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was it. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, damn, I need to put that on my bucket list. Yeah. He, he, he has some lines in, in that little walk up. He said uh, a little quick one. He said, yeah, Texas is bigger, but we have more fun. Mm. And I was right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> um, I like our official introduction to David Stern. You know, yeah. young Dave. Visionary. A visionary. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's no. definitely your hindsight, B. Oh, you of know. course. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know that he was a visionary at the time. He's just a lawyer with a mustache. Exactly. <laughs> no, for sure. And they, but they portrayed him up like, ooh, that was wise. He already, he knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he asked for Red R back. He's like, where is he? And David Stern is like, follow the white smoke. Mm. Of course. He's over there. I like how the scene was kind of like how it was lit and you just got the white cigar mm. smoke everywhere and everyone kind of standing around the boss. I thought mm -hmm. that was really dope. 
The Pope. I mean, when yeah. it, it's like when you think of a owner. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm not sure about you guys, but he's what I think about. I don't think about like the trendy, like Mark Cuban, you know, right. type of guy. I think of a, a older man with a cigar and he's he's running shit in a very um, in a militant way. Very right. competitive. Like he he's he doesn't want to talk anything else but winning. Right. Yeah. He he also has a very specific like coach look to me and like mm-hmm. an older coach, like a Lombardi or, you know, somebody like that which he was the coach and the owner, you know, of the Celtics. And he had that whole kind of swagger about him, like, you know, I'm going to win. We've been winning. You guys are just there to lose to us, (laughs) Um, you know. And so he's also very much like the Goliath. And this is a whole David and Goliath dynamic that they're playing with, you know. And um, he's every swaggering bit of the giant, you know. So, yeah, it's fun to see Michael Chiklis play that character, Red Arbach. Yeah, I always think about <laughs> that Family Guy clip. Mm-hmm. Scro- <laughs> Scrotes. Um, they, all, they, they always made fun of Michael Chiklis, but he has a very distinct look and it works for his character. <laughs> Great villain. Great antagonist yeah, to our yeah. fun-loving Jerry Buss. Just a, a guy from a hard scrabble town on the East Coast mm-hmm. trying to play white basketball the right way, the white way. That's right. Yeah. And I love when he's got the other owners complaining to him. The street, street ball, it's, it's scaring away the decent families. Right. They're not watching <laughs> basketball. Decent families will cream their shorts for Larry Bird. Well, yeah, they, and they, they did. And they called him the Hick, which was the first French nod. Lick. Yeah, the first nod to his nickname or one of his nicknames, the Hick from French Lick. So, yeah, I like the little Easter eggs that they have in the show for basketball heads as well. Like, that was one of them. But yeah, so then they get to the restaurant, Red and Jerry, and Jerry's trying to wine and dine them with the with the ladies and a nice steak dinner, some bourbon or some scotch, and uh, like he does everybody else. And Red is sitting there puffing away, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually trying to take you for what you got. You know, you don't really want to play basketball. You just want to hear, you know, be out here have your kicks, you know, hang out with the ladies and whatever. And he's like, I'm out here to win championships. And then we see, you know, Jerry West, I mean, sorry, Jerry Buss, Dr. Buss, go into that winning mode, that that gambling mode, that, that hustling yeah. mode, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're not going to, you know, be nice back with me? Okay, now I'm going to play your game. I'm going to, now I know what I need to do to rip your heart out. Right. You know, and, yeah. you know, with people... I think uh, one of the owners was like, oh, yeah, I voted for you. And David Stern's like, he didn't vote for you. He, didn't. he needed <laughs> yeah. all of these people to come through and just doubt him. Sometimes you need your haters to pull up and give you that good amount of hate so you can be like, oh, oh, you guys think this is a game. You guys are really doubting that I could really turn this from this boring team that no one wants to watch into a whole spectacular show. And no one is seeing his vision, but mm-hmm. now he has everything he needs to to try to get what he wants done done. Yeah, yeah. Magic already beat Magic already beat Bird. You know, that's mm-hmm. the other thing is like he's looking at it from a basketball standpoint as well. Like I got the guy that beat your guy, so you know, let's right. go head up. Basically, you know. So I think Jerry is he knows the hand that he has, and he's playing like that. Yeah, and after that, we are finally introduced to. Um, Donnell Rawlings character because we were like who is he going to be playing of course he's one of Magic's like family members 
Uh, we had Donnell Rawlings as I forgot whoever his, uh, his character's name is. And then we got Earthquake, who was also making a cameo appearance. It's dope to see mm. black comedians, even though they may have a couple lines, it's still dope to yeah. see their faces. For sure. For sure. That was that was a dope scene when uh, Magic is, they got a barbecue at the house. It's like a going Magic. away party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Magic is he's Magic is getting money. You know what I'm saying? We now see Magic is in his in his bag, and he's also got some attention of the ladies. You know, Magic's uh, also in his bath because he gets his mom a tub. Right. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say this from a mom's perspective. Mm. What I see with that whole scene, I'm not sure if this was an actual thing that happened, but I can tell that Magic loves his mama because he noticed that one thing about her. He was like, you know what? When I get some money, I'm going to gift her with this particular thing because I think that this would make her so happy. And it's like he's going around trying his best just to please everyone and make everyone happy like he is. But, you know, his mom is just like, what the fuck is this shit? It's a waste of money. And like, uh, of all things, this is... This is what now you want to drag into my house? Scuffs right. on the wall are from. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love how they reference uh, the Camay commercial. Yeah. That was one of my favorite parts of the um, of the episode because I remember Camay from uh, the LL Cool J around the world, uh, around the way girl song. So, yeah. Okay. So, I, <laughs> I'm not sure. Is it, I've always heard of Calgon. Like Calgon, mm-hmm. take me away. Was that like a reference, or was Kame Ka- like a real thing? Kame was a real thing. Okay. Okay. Dope. Yeah. 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 I mean, so <laughs> Magic loves his mama because he's just like, how could she not love this? And she's like, I fucking hate it. And he's just like, what did he say? You were supposed to be happy, and that broke my heart because, mm. oh my gosh, like my son, he, I think he thinks about me when he like makes cards or he gets something from school he wants to gift it to me because he re- he remembers the little things that i like and when someone remembers those little things i think that's just really sweet but some people that's not their love language right but i don't know yeah, I, 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 what, what do you think magic's mom's love language is b <laughs> um going to Dancing school in and the church rain? <laughs> Dancing in the rain with 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 papa magic papa johnson back right. in the day yeah, back when she wasn't uh, so much of a saint. <laughs> mm. She really did fuck with the gift, though. You know, she was over there telling all her friends about it. You yeah, know, that so was she, the best. Yeah. She she gives him hell to his face. A couple minutes later, she's bragging about it to other people. Well done. And he's just sitting yes. there like, this woman here, she just gave me so much shit. Now she's like, oh, yeah, can you believe? That's relatable. That's relatable. Mm-hmm. It's like you you try to impress your parents, and they're just like, uh, you can still do better. It's not good enough. Keep right. going. And but you know they're going around just telling everyone how great you are. Yeah. And then magic. We see the first sign of business magic. Where his <laughs> friends put, pull up on him with the tasty ice. <laughs> uh, oh man. Concept, and he says he wants to see a business plan. This was a business plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just gave it to you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I need a pitch deck, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we have Cookie pull up with her man. Mm. Yeah. Brian. It's like we get Man. to see how competitive he really is. 
Oh, poor Felt bad Brian. For Brian. Felt Brian. real bad for Brian here, but he should have known better than to try to swoop in on Magic's ex. <laughs> yeah, Magic's old work. Like, don't like, be trying to pull up on my old work, son. <laughs> like, you know what shoes he's trying to fill there. Like, yeah, but yeah, it's a tough episode for Brian. I gotta be real with you. He's just trying <laughs> to manage a shoe store and yeah. organize church fish fries. You know, he's a good guy. He seems like a really sweet gentleman, and Magic just destroyed his whole <laughs> manhood. <laughs> The way yeah. Magic pulls up to the park in his like brand new mm-hmm. drop top Mercedes and all the kids mm-hmm. are like running and he gets out with a big smile, tall and handsome and like, oh, what's up? Let me play. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Here comes trouble. <laughs> Poor Brian. And it, it makes us kind of remember too, at least me, like that's how other people felt when they played Magic and basketball. Like as nice as he is and like they kind of talk about it later, like public facing, he's very smiley and all that and he brings that energy but like imagine you have to play against him and you know you're gonna lose like most <laughs> of the time like the lakers were always like a 60 win team like you know magic is winning like 85 percent of the games he ever played it's so, winning time baby yeah, yeah so so he's like this super smiley guy but on the court he probably is talking shit to people like mm-hmm. yeah motherfucker i just came in here you know what I'm saying? Took two chicks out your city and I put up 25 and 14. Like what? You know? So that's like the other side of magic that as Laker fans, we always love and we would see. But, you know, it's like to see it analyzed like that in a real life situation was was definitely funny and entertaining. Yo, I think Quincy Isaiah is doing a great job as magic. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get yeah. it. I see it. I think he's doing a fantastic job because even with the way magic speaks, like, he has a very, it's not an accent, it's just more like some words he just says differently. And yeah. they're just letting, you know, Quincy just, because I think he's actually from Michigan, um, yeah. the actor. So he got, okay. you know, he got that, he has that Michigan swag just like Magic does. And it, it really comes out in the way he speaks. He's just, I think this is who Quincy Isaiah actually is as well. Like, he's a very smiley, happy mm-hmm. person. Like, the interviews I've seen, he seems like either one, he's just probably enjoying life, but like to be on set and to just show up the way that he is, I, I'm just so happy to see this new actor taking off in front of our eyes right now. It's like he's the rookie, just like Magic. Right, right. Mm. No, it's very dope. But then we see Magic getting busy uh, <laughs> in front of the church Ooh. house. And <laughs> in the church parking lot. <laughs> like, lot. yo. Yeah, yeah. It, it goes straight from him. <laughs> Hassling Cookie at work, asking <laughs> if Brian hit it yet. Yeah. And then smash cut to him smashing the cut in the car. <laughs> and then when he gets out, cut. he's like, oof, needed that. <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah. took off. <laughs> Cindy doesn't say a word. Later nope. on, they're hooking up again. She's like, oh, you know, I actually got into UCLA Medical School. Also, good for you, Cindy. Yeah. UCLA Medical School. That's an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And Magic could not be more turned off. He <laughs> thought this was a summertime thing. Yeah. He's about to be out. <laughs> and then, you know, I got basketball, so I might be a little busy. You know, it was so <laughs> exactly. funny how Magic's parents put two and two together, like, immediately. As soon as they came back from, you know, getting it on in the car, the dad mm-hmm. is kind of looking, the mom is looking. They yep. have eye contact mm-hmm. to have a moment like, <laughs> yeah. They didn't have to say a thing. It's like, yeah. He's hitting that. <laughs> they they know their son, you know, <laughs> if nothing else. 
Yeah, so we we definitely got a lot of different sides of magic in this episode. And then, you know, we get back to the Lakers, Claire. Oh yeah. She's you she's know? starting to be like one of my serious favorites of the show. Well, I just didn't like that she I like I didn't like that she called the cops. But uh, <laughs> she kind of gets Where embarrassed. Where the fuck are my books? <laughs> yeah, and she kind of gets embarrassed about it, but goes off to kind of mask her embarrassment um, because basically Jeannie pulls up like uh, Frank took the books, so why are the police here? Like all you have to do is ask somebody, and you know she's like, "Girl, go get me some coffee." You know, and that's all fuck, she's got to... Fuck out of my face. My Don't face. kill this yeah. creamer. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I, I, she really has one job, is to make sure that Miss Rothman is... Her shit is together. And to mm. let someone come in and just take it right from out of her nose. It's like, bitch, what are you doing? But at the same right. time, Dr. Jerry Buss has a plan. He's doing this for a very particular reason. Those books are going to go missing whether Jeannie knew it or not. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that whole scene where she goes to his office and he immediately is like, oh, you're a gin girl, like fixes her a drink. Completely mm-hmm. just like, okay, fuck, fuck the books. Let's talk what your new role is. And just throws all that shit out the window and gives her a new assignment, but which is a really dope assignment. But mm-hmm. the way that he like approached it was like what turns you on and she's sitting there looking at him like what the fuck are you talking about mm, but then she right. gets it like oh so you're about to let me really like run loose and, and do what i really want to do got it yeah that was dope i i think that was probably my favorite scene in episode or one of them for sure because i liked just the, the camera movement the the blocking like him kind of spinning the room with the getting the drink turning it around on her her expectations turning as she's, you know, getting this information from him. And yeah, yeah. I thought it was just done really well. And now we see Jerry's grand plan of let's turn the form into a venue that people want to have concerts and other events at. Um, I love the shout out to first AME church later in the, in the episode because the first AME church did eventually end up using the form for many years. And so that was dope. It was great to see that aspect of not just, hey, I'm running this team, you know, it's like, I have this big ass fucking venue, this building that I own now, and this is how I have to make money. Have you guys visited the forum before? I've been in the forum a hundred times. <laughs> I've never been to the forum. Same. And so when what? they're talking to, right. And so I'm thinking about the acoustics and the issues they were talking about with the sound. Like, yeah. did it, what did That's it sound a, yeah. like? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's not, I don't understand how like acoustics work in particular, but it's not set up in a way that concerts can like, I don't know. I don't know the audio likes, you know, right. whatever, but it, it just wasn't whatever it wasn't was built the, for that. Right. Yeah. It wasn't built for that. Thing. Yeah. The acts weren't coming there. And so even I went to see Prince there. I took my mom to see Prince there on Mother's Day um, and it was dope. That was actually Holy one of the greatest shit. like. Yeah. Like and Jason's of- mom was like, and now I see why these scuffs are up in my house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Michael Jackson but- isn't here either. Oh, <laughs> God, <Right>. Jason. <laughs> but he only like ha- occupied like half the arena. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. I guess they cut that back half off. And even then it kind of like was just staged a little weird. Um, it wasn't like it is in the Staples Center where it's like kind of like two thirds of the arena and 
I don't know. I don't know how they worked that out, but I guess it was an issue. But yeah, obviously he he changed that, you know, and changed the perception of that. But even Jeannie was the one that was saying like, we just need to make it cool. Like we don't have to change the acoustics. And that's kind of the point that I was saying with the Prince thing. Like it wasn't a full like 20,000 people in there. It was probably like eight or something, you know? So that's what they worked out, you know? Like just make it a cool place for people in LA to want to perform, to come when they're here. And, you know, that'll solve your problem. You don't have to fill it up to be the staple center of the Rose Bowl. I like what Dr. Buss was like, look, I am the budget. You have access <laughs> right. to me. I am the budget. Yeah. Sure. Totally. <laughs> with the benefit of hindsight. This is all very <laughs> sketchy behavior. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. Literally taking the books out in the middle of the night. Claire is all kinds of worried because she was at the 76ers that she said she was with. And they went bankrupt, and it, the, her feet came out from under her. So, and she said that she saw that it was headed that way but didn't say anything. So she's been burned before. She's just trying to keep this on track. Luckily, we know it works out. But, man, that, that you know, maybe I'm watching too many, like, the dropout and stuff like that. Got too much fraud on the brain. But th those <laughs> are some red flags that Jerry Buss is throwing up here. Huge red right. flags. Yeah, but he, but he's a gambler. He's a hustler, and yeah. he's all in on this proposition. And he's know? winking he's, to us like, oh, uh oh, you know, I, I actually yeah. don't have the money for this, but I'll figure <laughs> yeah. that out. Do you identify as crypto curious? If you've thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. Cryptocurrency might feel like a secret exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door. Whether you've been trading for years or just getting started, Coinbase can help. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com B-O-M-M. Sign up at Coinbase.com B-O-M-M for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offers for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's Coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M. Which takes exactly. us to his mama's house. <laughs> Mama! Oh, it was mm -hmm. so great. I love seeing them two in a scene together. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so perfect. Yeah, that was awesome. It was a great scene. He's fixing his mama drink. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Trying to uh, tell no. her that she should cool off. <laughs> Since yeah, exactly. 1962. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was that whole scene was fun. She's the accountant, and they're going back and forth about his aspirations and what he wants to see for the family name, and you know, and she's just like, "You're just gonna want to do something else after that," <laughs> you know. But yeah, it, it that whole thing was just fun. That was a scene where I was just like, "Man, they are really writing from a 2022 standpoint." Like, yep. Right. My God, like, oh, you know, we're going to be this. We're going to be so successful in our family name and our legacy. He's throwing around dynasty that much, you know, yeah. as much yeah. as he talks about being a dynasty when he lit like 
it's the off season. He bought the team a month ago. Like, okay, okay. So, yeah. like, we get it. We know you become a dynasty, but slow yeah. down, bro. It says, forget Louis B. Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> His mom is like, why the Lakers? There's no lakes around here. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure people who don't know anything about the NBA mm-hmm. and how the Lakers ended up in L.A., they're probably like, yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, they did a great joke about that in uh, basketball. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Uh, Mace, have you seen basketball? Oh, yeah. But yeah. refresh refresh the people's oh, okay. minds, Jason. <laughs> well, yeah. The South Park creators create a fake game, whatever, and they, they talk about how the other games are falling apart, the other major sports leagues. And in that, they mention how teams with uh, names move to different uh, cities where the names don't associate <laughs> at all. Like the Lakers moving from Minneapolis to LA where there are no lakes, the uh, jazz moving from New Orleans <laughs> to Utah where there is no music. That's always <laughs> like, the one for me. That's the one. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing jazzy about Utah. <laughs> yeah. I think there was like an Oilers thing in there. Um, some other stuff, but yeah, that's the, the general idea. Mama Bus had some words for him on his big, big plans. Uh, she knows where the bodies are buried because <laughs> she's the accountant. Yeah. Because she buried them. She buried <laughs> exactly. them. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a luxury for this show to just have Sally Field come in and do one scene, man. Wonderful. Yeah. Incredible. She's great. She's the is she the best mom of all time of in uh in film and television? Who's who's the best mom? Tyler Perry. Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Yeah. She. Uh, yeah. Loretta best, Devine is a good mom. She is a good mom. mom. <laughs> Who is not I love a Patricia mom Clarkson? Patricia, I love Patricia, Patricia Clarkson. Clarkson. Who's she's that? Everybody in, loves Raymond. She's in like Pieces of April. She's a great mom in that. She's in Easy A or no, not Easy A. Oh yeah, Easy A. She's the mom, and then also FWB. She's the mom. She's just great. She's a great actress. She's the kooky aunt in Six Feet Under. So that's mom adjacent. Oh yeah, yeah, I recognize her. Uh, she's a good mom. Let's get back to Jerry a little bit here. So Jerry, like I said, referenced earlier, you know, he's on the he's on the floor in his undies. Bill Sharman comes to see him, the GM. He says, do whatever the hell you want. Put magic in the post. And that gets Jerry going. <laughs> he's stoked on this now. And then he w- he wants to talk to Kareem. He goes to see Kareem. Kareem is just silently meditating, <laughs> overlooking Hollywood fantastically and he's he's talking about how too many people are you know he kareem's got to deal with too many bodies in the post he's essentially going to use magic as a elbow catcher to to clear (laughs) to clear room for kareem an elbow catcher an elbow magnet yeah Yeah. and that's his big plan kareem essentially says nothing and he moves on well well i I actually want to get into to this scene and the tandem of scenes between him and Norm and him and Kareem. And there's uh, a few kind of like racial undercurrents uh, through Jerry's speech that the guys get hit with. And Jerry doesn't, I mean, the show depicts Jerry doesn't mean any malice by what he's saying. He's kind of just a white guy of his time. And that's, you know, how he's explaining things. Um, (laughs) Because the scene, the second scene ends with Kareem revealing that he's reading the book Nigger by... (laughs) Uh, Dick Gregory, 
Um, well, actually, the scene ends with <laughs> my favorite part, which is with Jerry saying, Asalaamu Alaikum, and then <laughs> Kareem responding, Walaikum Salam, which was perfect. But, you know, it starts with him going at Norm saying, uh, you know, who fucking wears jewelry on the basketball court? And, you know, all of this shit. And then, yeah, uh, that scene shot really well where it's, he's praising him in the office and they cut to him essentially saying the same thing, but antagonistically on the court. <laughs> yeah. And Norm yeah, is not buying it for a second. Yeah. <laughs> you can see that all in Devon Nixon's eyes. Yes. Yeah. And, so, and so part of it is he says, I would trade you for a fucking mule. That's another line that kind of has a little racial undercurrent to it. And, it, and the elbow thing that he says with uh, Kareem kind of has that as well because he's like, oh, I'm going to have somebody else like taking the elbows from you, blah, blah, blah. And it just, it just seems weird, you know? And so that's kind of why like Kareem reveals that. And every time you see Kareem, the camera cuts to Kareem and he gets disturbed, it's on a line like that. And it kind of just shows that Jerry doesn't really get these guys, right? He's not connecting with them At in all. any way. <laughs> yeah. And he's trying to like rile himself up to get them going and it's just not landing. <laughs> Yo, the the book part, literally, I laughed out loud. When he showed that, it's on book, my list. I holler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's on my list. <laughs> list. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, I'm getting to that one, yeah. <laughs> also, Norm's final line to him. Yeah, that's what we've been missing, Jerry. More control from uh, you. From you. <laughs> yeah. That's what we want. So then, Jerry, kind of mournfully and thoughtfully glues his MVP trophy back together, his finals MVP trophy. And then he is inspired to bring his wife flowers. He thought they were calming, but it turns out they're funeral flowers. <laughs> a little uh, funeral callback. Yes, right. Spending yeah, exactly. a lot of time <laughs> thinking about funerals. And she's not, she's not buying it for a second. You haven't talked to me in three days. I'm not, I'm not dealing with happy Jerry, sad Jerry. He says he's the happiest he's ever been. We get that great cut. And then he's like, oh, exce- of course, except for when we got together, honey. <laughs> yeah. That was another great moment, too. <laughs> and all this leads to Jerry wanting to resign. So, B, were you buying it? Did you feel like you were on the journey with him and it made sense? I was a bit confused. But at the same time, I also took an edible. So it started to kick mm. in when this part came up. <laughs> So you hear, you know, you have Jerry Buzz bust into the office. He gives this incredible speech, super inspiring. Dead Poet Society gets up on the desk. Oh, captain, the captain. (laughs) That's right. And everyone's like, okay, we're about to, we're winners. That's right. And he had already told Jerry West, like, whatever you want, I got you. Just let me know what you need to be a winner. So when he was like, I'm hand, handing in my resignation, it was kind of like, this is really weird. How do we get to this point? Was it the not really connecting with the players that he was trying to talk to? Or like, how did we get here? It happened kind of fast. I will it say did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the timeline of the story, that is when it happened. So I guess they were trying to accurately depict that, you know, Whatever the transaction was, Jerry left the team and they hired Pat Riley before the season started. So, you know, they're trying to narratively get there pretty quickly because I think, like us, they also want to get to Pat Riley being on the show. Oh, I can't wait, man. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that might be cause for some of the speed of the storyline, honestly. Yeah, also I think they wanted to 
have it be a cliffhanger almost ending be mm. they wanted yeah. to spring it on us there at the end and not really uh, explain it but I, f- I feel like the one thing that was shown to me was that jerry west is has roller coaster emotions can change on a dime and is not very happy and also pretty out of touch the, the second part he's probably like we, he probably doesn't know how out of touch he is but we see that yeah, yeah i th- i th- I think it depicts definitely his out of touch aspect more than anything this episode. You know, like he's not connecting with the team and I think that probably hurt him the most in realizing that. Like I I don't know. Something this episode wasn't my favorite. I felt like we spent way too much time on Jerry and we spent a lot of time on Magic before he decided to take off to LA. Um I really wish we could have gotten more Claire Rothman and more Jeannie Bus. But eh, it is what it is. I, I see the story they were trying to tell there. Right. I always want more John C. Riley, so I would have loved to see always. more Red, That's right. Red and uh, and Jerry Jerry Bus going at it because that was my favorite part too of the episode was the Red and, and Jerry uh, interactions were were fun. Yeah, I want to go back to that scene at Chasen's for a minute, real quick, because I do I do love Jerry just trying to get that seat at the table, get the respect of the biggest winner in the sport. And Chicklis, so, so unfazed, could not be more uninterested in what mm-hmm. Jerry is selling. Says, milk, milk the attention, milk it for the nookie. Nookie reference. Shout out Limbiscuit. Limbiscuit. For the attention. <laughs> Leave the dynasties to me. And then, in a nice little connection. The other side of the coin from Jerry, right? We had the montage in last episode of Jerry losing over and over and over again. Who do he lose to? Who's always smiling, smoking the cigar and all that footage? It's red. And he says, I don't want to win. I need to. And it doesn't make me happy. It makes me a miserable fucking bastard. And so this connects to a term coined by Pat Riley, who we have yet to see, called the disease of more, which is the issues that a team faces after they win a championship what it takes to keep the hunger and keep going for multiple championships to become a dynasty and red is such a such a winner such a miserable bastard that it almost does nothing for him it's all about just the next one even as he gets that the one in front of him but he's also kind of like in this smug, comfortable space where he doesn't even think about the smaller fish. Like he's only worried about himself, his team, and cream and shorts. So <laughs> I, like th- I like the contrast of the two showing that the winner and the loser pretty unhappy in their own ways and how kind of unfulfilling it all is when you're at the top. And I think that may just be the theme of the entire episode because we have Magic, who is just this winner, but he just can't seem to win the people's love and attention that he really is craving. His mom, Cookie, and then at the same time, you got you know everyone looking at Dr. Bus like, oh, you're just you're just here just for like you're a real estate guy. You don't really take this seriously. And it's like, well, just because I'm out here having fun, I'm smiling and happy, and I got all the all the bitches and the drinks and whatever it's like I'm champagne sh- blowjobs that's right <laughs> i'm gonna show you that we can have fun and do this we can win 
we can also make it look good. We don't have to be miserable fucks like you. Yeah, and obviously they do end up winning and being happy and having that joy. And I feel like part of that is, you know, the the mindset difference in winning, you know, and that's kind of what I got from it, knowing that they're both going to become known as, you know, the most legendary winning franchises in the NBA. It's the mindset difference between the kind of sunny LA perspective, multicultural even, you know, obviously that's a big thing between the Boston, very cold, white, like, you know, ideology that, that they carry. And, you know, they're embodying that in their versus battles that they do in the <laughs> in the episode. Um, so, yeah, so at the end, uh, Red tries to, to do a mic drop on him and <laughs> drops a cigar on the floor of the of the Lakers uh, form. And Jerry doesn't back down. And that's basically his whole position It's like, I'm not going to back down to you. I'm not going to let you bully me. Yeah, I know you won, but let's wait till you see what I'm about to do. So out of everything this episode, what was you guys' favorite like moment? If you haven't discussed it already. Mm. I'll start. I loved it when Dr. Buzz broke the fourth wall via the mirror while having a conversation mm. with Red. I love that. Like that mm. was just so well done. Shout out to, what was that, Jonah Hill? Yeah, Jonah Hill. Oh yeah, yeah, he directed this episode. Yeah. Jonah, who of course, made his directorial debut with Mid-90s, a great little movie. If you haven't had a chance to see it, about a young skateboarder that's based in, like, 90s L.A. It's really personal film for him, but it was really good. Uh, my favorite my favorite moment was the whole scene at Chasen's, but my favorite line well, – no, sorry. My favorite moment was Jerry talking to his wife and then them cutting to him thinking <laughs> that he was the happiest in his in his life that was my favorite moment right there <laughs> yeah my favorite moment was when they were walking through the um to the nba owners meeting with david stern and just the the banter the fact that he had the, his lakers cowboy belt on i thought that was dope i want to see if i can find that belt somewhere and uh, <laughs> and, and the and that line the the blowjob with the champagne in her mouth was yeah. I mean, it was just like I let out an audible like how when I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now noticing, like I, it's it's coming back to me that when they had that owners meeting, they kind of they didn't show many other teams. They did have a mm -hmm. Chicago Bulls like a uh, small little banner mm -hmm. on the wall, but I guess that was kind of like you know foreshadowing like the dynasties in the room. Like you got the Lakers, future dynasty. You got the Celtics, mm -hmm. and then you also have the Chicago Bulls. So it's kind of like a little nod to how the NBA really turned up. <laughs> also like that shot where you see Dr. Buss looking up at the one Lakers banner. Right. Knowing yeah. that there will be so many more next to it. That's right. <laughs> also, they didn't put up the Minneapolis ones, I guess, or they don't have banners <laughs> for the Minneapolis ones, whatever. Yeah. And underrated little filmmaking moment was the snow turning into confetti. In that cold oh, yeah. open, yeah, that was, that was a great little transition. I mm -hmm. love that. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. But I want to ask you both. So I think we're all in agreement. This was a little bit of a filler episode, episode two. We're all ready for for Pat to come in. We're all ready for some showtime. Actual <laughs> Lakers basketball. 
instead yeah. of Magic playing pickup. In <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you what you thought of that basketball. Games. Yeah. I I did spy with my little eye a dunk double <laughs> on Magic when he dunked. That was not <laughs> Quincy Isaiah. Keep your eyes peeled for the dunk doubles. <laughs> that would be that would be a dope job. Are you kidding me? You get to be yeah. a dunk double, dunk double? on yeah. winning time. You just come in and throw it down dunk. a couple times in a row, get yeah. paid. That's right. But it it seems pretty clear that they are going to spend all of season one on the first Lakers season, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, a little bit of a gamble considering that they want to tell the whole story of the whole 80s. But I just want to know how you feel about that. Jason, let's start with you. I think it's good because they have to spend a lot of time introducing these characters, and there's a lot that happens in the first year of the Lakers. You know, like Jerry Buss owning the team, then winning the title, Magic wins Rookie of the Year, like all of this, like he changes the style of basketball, like the whole thing. These are all kind of very hyper-aggressive like activities that happen in a small window. So then to, you know, it's like if they did this in four episodes, we would feel cheated. So I feel like it's good, but then I don't know how they're going to treat every single other season. And are we going to get 11, you know, seasons of this show? Like, I don't understand how that's going to game out over the long term. How are we going to get to that 90, 1991 moment that we open up on? Right. Yeah. In the first episode. We're definitely not getting back to that this year. <laughs> yeah. No. So it's it's a great question you pose, Maze, because I don't know how they're going to end up dealing with the rest of the material after dedicating so much time to this on a, you know, year basis. Um, I'm with it. Um, I, I'm all about making sure that the audience understands what's happening and not glazing over it too much. Like you said, we there are still a lot of people we have not been introduced to yet. So hopefully it's not as much of a filler like we experienced with this uh, with episode two. But I'm ready to for the heavy hitters to come on in and and mm-hmm. get more of a hopefully we can get some insight, some behind the scenes. Like we can learn something that we haven't been privy to with all the documentaries and, and interviews that we have out there. I'm excited to learn more so they can take their time, but, but just not too slow. Yeah, I'm hoping that we get to episode four or five and this is just a blip in the radar Yeah. to get to that point. Once, you know, once things are happening, once we got actual NBA basketball, once we got more Larry Bird, more Pat Riley, Paul Westhead, all those all those characters waiting to make their appearance. Yeah. Like, what do you think, Maze, as far as the timeline of the show should be like the like, if this show were to have a series finale, how many seasons should it be? Like, you know? Yeah, I mean, I like, I think you kind of hit both points, which is like, there's a lot in season one. There's a lot in the first season of the team together, and establishing all that is important. And then I wouldn't be stunned to see a season two be three years. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I, there's more groundwork to be done here. And like B said, you know, this might be the last time Jerry West is a co-lead, essentially. I would say mm-hmm. that the first three episodes have been pretty equally about Jerry Buss, Jerry West, and, and Magic. And I would yeah. expect Jerry West to kind of back up into the shadows a little bit and 
Yeah. You know, I want to see a little more from Kareem. Yeah. Like, I think that he's been well used in these first two episodes, but he's also said about two lines of dialogue, and one of them was <laughs> yeah. in Airplane. So yeah. I need more of that, and I'm just – I'm ready I'm ready for Norm, Magic, and Kareem to all be together. I'm ready for Pat Riley. Let's go. Let's fire it up. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, too, or I guess both of you guys, like, have you watched the post-show – I watched the first one with Rick Fox. I didn't watch <laughs> yeah, this yeah. last one. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched the okay. last one. I didn't watch the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask. So between the got... two of us, we've got it covered. I watched both of them. I watched both of them. And um, I just find it interesting, just like as far as the show and the backstory of what we were talking about when it started. Like, Rick Fox is like the only person who's from the Lakers who's involved, like, with this and that little clip thing that they do like i don't know i don't get a lot out of it so i'm like you know what i don't know i was just wondering what you guys thought of it i mean i i watched it because i was that like i said the edible took over i just let it play <laughs> watch the credits yeah. and let it come on but he was struggling in slow motion to get to the remote to change the channel but she never made like, it whatever let's just watch it but i mean i'm if, we, if you're going to do something like that, I need to learn something that I've never, that I don't know. Teach me something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was great yeah. to see that Rick Fox has something to do with it, but I mean, okay. I mean, HBO's gotten to the point where I, it's pretty much standard for them to have a podcast about the show they do and this little after the featurette. show featurette. Yeah. This The first one that I saw was really awkward <laughs> and very disjointed, and they had the writer on Zoom. So he was on a screen, oh, no. and then they had Quincy and Adam McKay and, and Rick Fox, and then there was that really weird trivia game they played. At yeah, the so that's why I was really – okay, so that's why I wanted to see if you guys had seen the shot clock trivia game that, was that they played. Ridiculous. Yeah, that was really the question I was trying to get to because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if anybody else saw this. <laughs> it's so weird and, like, unnecessary. It's like – it's just – terrible they play this game where it's like i asked both of you guys like name as many lakers head coaches as you can in yep. 24 seconds mm-hmm. and then, and then you both talk at the same time right i'm like as a professional trivia man <laughs> myself i was disgusted at the presentation and i can say comfortably that Trivia is very hard to translate out of a live experience. It's very hard to do on a podcast. It's very hard to do on video. And this <laughs> post-show feature was just another reason why. Yeah. And as far as, like, it, it just doesn't seem necessary, Jason. I don't, I don't yeah. think the whole thing, yeah. they need to find out a way to do it better than the way they're doing it now. No, seriously. The Euphoria one was pretty good. I actually thought no, the was. Euphoria one provided some good insight sometimes. Yeah, I liked even where they were sitting, the set mm-hmm. in the background, the, how they cut to the images. It was nice. It was cute, you know. But, uh, yeah, this is very, like, some haphazard, <laughs> random <laughs> thing. But, yeah. I, Shout I, out I, to Rick Fox for getting the bag, though, you know. Keep getting them <laughs> exactly. checks, big fella. Exactly. Um, so, episode three, what, what are we expecting, guys? Release the Riley. Yeah. Give it to me now. They, I heard uh, I heard the writer, Max Bornstein, talking about how Adrian Brody was 
chomping at the bit to to have that big reveal when he comes out in the Armani suit with the slick back hair and we're gonna get a couple episodes of Shaggy Pat before that's a reality so bring it on I can't wait let's get to training camp let's get the uniforms on I'm ready to see some basketball Mm -hmm. episode three please no disrespect to Brian, right, B? Like yeah. Brian, Brian hooped his, his heart out there. but Yeah. <laughs> Brian didn't have nothing for he, magic. Why is he? <laughs> it ended in tears. Poor Brian. Man. The look on Brian's right. face when magic pulled up to the court was, was a classic <laughs> moment right Priceless. there. Priceless. <laughs> oh, man. Magic Mr. Still Your Girl. Come on, bro. Ah. That was just terrible. And it was like. He just got emasculated, and then he had to, like, go over to his girl, like, like, why did you just sit there and just let him do that to me? I'm out of here. That's going to do it for Showtime, the podcast about the television show Winning Time, which is based on the book Showtime, coming out Sunday nights on HBO, not Showtime. For Jason Madison, Bethany Anderson, I'm Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next week. Also, music by our very own Jason Madison. You. Yeah. Is this song called Showtime? It is. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said that. You should have said that. It's called It's Showtime. It is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs>